welcome on in to the ninth episode of the Baseline Podcast. Um, we got a big one tonight. Uh, we've got two pretty big guests on, um, Lindsay Tate and Corey Webster. Um, I think I, I've had some really great guests on the on the podcast to to, to kick off for the first eight episodes, but um, we've it's been a bit more of a of a sort of a feel good factor and and haven't really dove deep into the things that um, that I sort of talk about on you know, on a weekly and, and daily basis. So we've got a couple of guys in that um, are woven deeply into the into the the fabric of the game in New Zealand, and um, yeah, really happy to to bring these two on and have a chat. I'll go to you first, Corey. Um, you've obviously been in Aussie for a bit, man, and it's been a little bit of a, a tough few months for you. How, how are you tracking? And um, good to have you on. Yeah, appreciate that, bro. Um, yeah, we're doing all right, man. Like, obviously, it's tough, the situation that we're in. Um, we, it was difficult to bring our families over and stuff like that just because of the unpredictability of the season right now and games and where we're going to be. And there's been so much traveling, bro. We've had games postponed and had to end up in random cities like Hobart and Tasmania when we're supposed to be in Perth and Melbourne and all these other things. And we just, it was just too hard to, um, I guess, travel with the families. Um, Tom had his family over here at the beginning and he sent them home just because it was too tough. Um, and I was, I was planning to bring over mine and, but um, obviously the quarantine back home as well is another factor. Like if they were to leave, you know, I don't want Taryn and Bodie to have to go and do the quarantine by themselves and all that stuff. So um, there's that side of it, which is tough. It makes makes everything harder. And, you know, then there's there's, there's the no home games, um, playing on the road every game, um, sleeping in hotel beds every night, you know, no kind of normal life. There's COVID restrictions where we're not allowed to, go to public places like three days before games and they don't want us to go in restaurants and all this type of stuff, bro. So there's just so many different factors that are kind of contributing to um, the downside of it, I guess. But um, we're, we're soldiering on, man. Like, you know, it's right now it's part of the job and there's no other way to get it done. And, um, you know, could say we're still blessed to be able to play ball and get games in at this time. But, uh, you know, we're humans at the same time, so it's tough, but um, there's nothing else we can do, bro. We just got to keep going. Yep. Yep. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was good to see you guys get a win the other night and, um, you know, leap off the bottom of the table and some positive momentum with the scoring starting to look a bit better. And obviously good to call to hoop with your, with your brother. Like it's been a, been a little while. You guys hooped a bit for Torbex, but it's cool to see you out there. You guys had 58 combined points which is pretty awesome to see. Yeah, bro. It's, it's awesome playing with him, obviously. Um, yeah, like you said, we've done the national team stuff, but you know, those are kind of just tours and it's a little bit different when you're, you're, you know, the goal is to win a championship and you grind out the whole season. And, um, so that's, that's a cool new experience that we get to do to, together. Um, and, uh, yeah, the win was great, man. We, you know, we needed that for the confidence, obviously, I'm a pretty confident player and Ty's a pretty confident player in ourselves. So we're just going to keep pushing and do what we do, but to get everybody else on board and um, get their confidence up too, is um, it's going to be huge for us. So I think, you know, we're going to ride that. Um, every game's going to be tough, man. It's a tough league and you need everyone to step up to be able to win a championship in this league. You know, it can't be two or three players 
um, and guys stepping up here and there. It's got to be everyone because um, the league's no joke, bro. It's tough. So we've got a lot of work to do, but um, I think after that one, you know, we're, the mindsets are a bit better and, um, you know, we'll try and ride that. Yeah, that's all. That's awesome, man. Um, go to you now, Lindsay. Like Corey was in lockdown like a month ago, and then now you're in lockdown. Um, are you staying sane in Auckland, my man? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Appreciate you having me, Stevie. Yep. And man, before we got before we get started, just uh, to Corey, man, it's been just to see you get get back out after your injury, and to see uh, you know two brothers from Auckland City, two Brown brothers starting on that stage. Um, man, hella proud of you, bro. You know, because I've seen you come through, and I know, I know what it is. So yeah, man, we we see you guys over here, and and we're hella proud. Um, yeah, Stevie, man, we're good, bro. Uh, another little seven day lockdown here in Auckland, but um, <clears throat> unlike we're I'm locked in with my family, so you know it's all good. Blessings in disguise, bro. It could be worse, man. Could yeah. be a lot worse. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we're just gonna rip into it, man. Like, um. I think from my from my personal view, I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be aired out. And, and like, it's been, I've, I haven't been in this in this game as long as you boys, but I seem over the last six months to a year, I just see a lot of stuff happening that doesn't get spoken about. And, and when someone does speak up about it, it seems that that, that stuff will be stamped out. Um, and as I've, you know, sort of got to know you, Lindsay, and just starting to get, you know, get to know you now, Corey, like I start to see a common group of people who are wanting to talk more about this stuff. And, and I feel like that this is going along with a lot of social change that we're seeing around the world and, and people are speaking up and, and I think the time is now for, for there to be changed, but also to keep it real and say, Hey, look, this isn't good enough. Like we need to be doing better. Um, and yeah, like I had to, you know, I've been having these conversations with you for a little while, Lindsay, and then you know, we've sort of come on common ground as well, Corey. So but we'll go with you first, Lindsay. Like, um, I think it has to start, and obviously it started before the ship went down with ABSL, but I think it's important to to, to start there with for the listeners and, and sort of break it down because like this, this thing has got pretty big and there's so many different parts of it, but um when you yourself you know were, were deep in it and trying to grow the game in Auckland and do things in the right way um for things to to end up as they were has obviously been been pretty tough so just break it down for us yeah I mean damn to try and break it down as quickly as possible um a lot of competitive basketball in New Zealand is association based um in Auckland which is New Zealand's largest uh, catchment population-wise, and it's filled with talent. Um, the, the, there's four major associations. Harbour stands on its own, and then there's three that are under ABSL's jurisdiction. They're essentially a, a, a service provider, and that's Central Auckland, which is BA, uh, Wabi, which is West Auckland, and um, Counties Manukau, which is South Auckland. And... Um, I worked for Basketball Auckland before ABSL was formed when the Auckland Pirates were around and we won a championship. Ty Webster was actually a, a, on that team. And then the next year they, they pulled us from the league. 
um, and that was when ABSL merged with Counties Manukau to be formed. And since 2012, they've been around. Um, I've, I've been privy to information as to how much was in BA's account when they merged, and it was a, it was a significant amount of money. All of that money is gone now, as I understand it. Um, and, you know, BBNZ is, uh, I guess, long story short, kind of implicit in what's going on by still, from where I stand, you know, someone who's been immersed in it for a long time, backing an organization that they went from 15K up in, in 2016 to about 600K in a hole right now. And if an organization like Basketball New Zealand is proactively giving money to these to this type of organization, then I believe they're implicit in, you know, the fact that people like Corey and Thomas Abercrombie, who have been servants to our game, and some people play their whole lives to have the opportunity to go to the Olympics, they don't even get to put their name in the hat anymore. So essentially you're putting these men out to pasture before their time is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's And then this is, again, a failure of, I don't know if it's the media or the game in New Zealand, it still doesn't feel like to me that people have got the full story. Um, so then, and I'll go to you next, Corey, like we, what happens is a player comes and speaks up and people were like, oh, he's always complaining or some, or some bullshit like that. And it's like, hold on, you haven't even heard the full story. Like the reason that these people aren't just saying this stuff for no reason, you know, like there's, there's a reason why this stuff has not come up in the past. It's because people don't want to talk. So, so Corey, like, I think people might consider you pretty outspoken, but as I've got to know you and as I grow in my knowledge of the game, I've realized that people might not want you speaking out because not only do you say the truth, but you, you know, you say what people are thinking and they might be too scared to say out loud. Um, like, where do you think the game is at in New Zealand and, and how did it get here? Yeah, like, uh, there's definitely, and Lindsay's been around this, been, been in the Tall Blacks for so long and, you know, there's, there's so many conversations that go on within our playing group that don't get out because, you know, guys are either afraid to say it on social media, they're going to get ridiculed or, you know, they're going to get told to, to to take that stuff off social media by someone from BBNZ or just that type of stuff. Like there's a lot of that going on. And, you know, I was, I was one of the ones in recent years to, to kind of speak out a little bit. And that's only, you know, 10% of what we could be saying and putting out there. Um, in just little moments where I was pissed off and stuff like that. And, you know, I'd get messages from guys from BBNZ saying, you know, don't do that and take that offline and blah, blah, blah. You know, just trying to hide it, trying to act like there's nothing going on. And um, I guess for me, like when I first came into the Tall Blacks, um, you know, Lindsay was there, Piero was still playing. It was like his last year and there was a few of the older guys in it, you know, it seemed like it was going great. Um, that was a good, you know, t 12 years ago or something. We still had money. We were still getting paid like, you know, pretty like decent money for national teams type stuff, you know, going on a long tour. And then since then, it just seems like it's just gone downhill. Um, and like I look at any other job around the world and if you fail at your job, you, you lose your job, right? But that doesn't seem to be the case in basketball New Zealand. It's just they can, you know, not produce any results when it comes to financials and sponsorship and 
you know, running tournaments and all these different things and still get rewarded for that, still keep their jobs for for 10 years, probably get pay rises, probably get promotions and this type of stuff, you know. So it's it's kind of to that point now where it's like, you know, especially now that we've been kind of pushed out of the Olympic uh, qualifiers, um, it's like when wins, when is it enough? Um, we will all look like this is going to be our last time to probably qualify for a massive tournament like that for me and Tom and, you know, Rob Lowe and guys like that, you know, and if we're not playing, then Ty's not going to play and Isaac Foto is possible and I can't speak for him, but, you know, possibly won't play and then, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. So there's no, like, beating around the bush and saying it's going to be okay. Um, like, you know, it's it's all coming out now and it's showing that it's, it's not okay. Um, so to me, like, it's it's probably the worst it's ever been. Like, since when have we ever been pulled out of a tournament, especially a tournament like that? And, um, like, you understand the COVID things and there's, there's certain um, stuff that, that interferes with that, but, like, they should have... You know, we put together a players' association, and we've we've asked for the for BBNZ's financials and for them to show all their records, and they've left stuff out of that um, key information that we've asked for that we have the right to ask for through the through like the athletes' association, and they've gone and purposely left out you know like the most important information that we need about financials and all this different stuff. So like that's just shady, like off the bat, like you're hiding stuff from, from a, from a players association. Um, so I think obviously now, you know, now's the time that, you know, stuff like that needs to change. The players need to come up and speak out and, you know, I'm definitely going to be, be one of them because from what it looks like from my point of view now, it could be a premature ending to a lot of senior guys, tall blacks careers. Um, and that's pretty sad to be pushed out like that. Um, like obviously, I can't speak for for other guys, but we have those conversations, and we're like, we don't know what it looks like in the future. This was like our last couple of years, possibly playing. Um, it's just getting worse every year, and the sacrifice becomes too hard when you know we've got families now, we've got young families and stuff like that. So uh, it's it's not looking too good, man. But uh, obviously, I need more information, and uh, you know, we'll gather that with the players' association and talk to the right people as we go and get more information so that it can be more clear, but um, it's definitely time for some change. Yeah. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. And and I think that that, that lack of transparency has been, has been one theme that I, that I continue to see. And, and it even seems like people have got used to, you know, things being left out of press releases. And even though that might not be at the top level of dishonesty, once you can, if you continue to do this, then you actually end up having mistrust. And what I feel is that there is mistrust a lot in the scene now. So even if you go and do something right, if there's so much mistrust, then people are going to be like, nah, fuck these guys. Like, you know, there's, there's so much mistrust now. And I feel um, displeasure towards BBNZ that it, it just, it's got, it's got to such a, a, a point now where I think it's at a breaking point. Um, and, Something needs to be done. The forming of the players' association, I think, is a is a massive key. Um, that was obviously something that wasn't there when uh, when you were around, um, Lindsay. So I'll go back to you though. You gave Lindsay. You gave nineteen years of service to the game, um, thirteen seasons to the Tall Blacks, um, and, and I think that 
some of the, the disrespect that was shown to yourself um, and, you know, people that, that you care about, you know, your family after your service to the sport, I think it's disgusting. Um, but beyond that, if we see people of your stature and knowledge removed from the game and not able to be part of the game anymore, not only will we only, will we only have yes people, but we'll lose so much knowledge um, and, and so much of the stature and key people who have experience in the game to be able to grow it. Has in your eyes, has governance in the game has it always been this bad, or um, this type of corrupt and dishonest behaviour, or is this something that's just coming to this, just come around in the last year or two? No, Stevie, you're talking to two brothers that grew up in this man. You know what I mean? Like for real, I I, I was raised in a gym. Like I used to watch Corey's pops play at the YMCA in Pitt Street when I was a baby, and my mom did stats. And my pops was up sitting in there, you know, like, and, and we've never left. Um, and Webb's right. We, we've been sitting around, you know, talking about a lot of these things behind the scenes for a long time. And, you know, I will say it is disheartening at times when not everybody um, gets behind the cause and pushes in the same direction. But at the same time, I, I have to acknowledge, like, what has enabled me to find kind of freedom in this space, I think, with some of the health issues that I went through. And then just, um, I'm different from uh, your average in coaching circles in terms of that. I'm not trying to climb the BBNZ pathway. Um, I'm not caught up in, you know, whether my kid is part of a New Zealand team and whatnot. Um, I'm really looking at this holistically, you know what I mean? And um and I, I'm, I'm doing this for people like my parents who have been servants to the game forever and who have been chewed up and, and spat out, you know? Um, and and that's the kind of what we're, we've started and what we're pushing up here with, you know, our little Auckland City basketball stuff, that, that's, that's given us freedom too because we don't have to align with, with any of the stuff that concerns us. So, um, you know, long story short, Stevie, I guess this is kind of something that has been going on for a very long time and concerns us. And, um, you know, something that I haven't, you know, we, I haven't spoken on it publicly, a lot of stuff that's going on with, you know, myself and the way I've been treated. But, you know, one thing that really does rub me the wrong way, and this is for the next man as well, you know, is that, you're right. I played for the Torbacks for 12, 13 years with these brothers. And I went to multiple world championships. And unlike most, I didn't try and jump straight to the top of the coaching ladder. I walked right back to the neighborhood to coach the kids. And for two years, I volunteered my time, volunteered my time and expertise away from my family and work to help the JTBs. And then essentially for my stance, you know, and calling a lot of this behavior out, um, before it's kind of become public in the tall black space, I've been suspended from that program and essentially removed, which is, you know, from, from where I sit, I don't know any other sport where somebody can give that much to the game and come back with asking nothing in return. And because they're genuinely standing for what is, is obviously right to everyone around here. You know what I mean? Like you're just a spokesperson for the community that um, you would be proactively removed from the higher ups, you know? So, I mean, shoot, the, from where I'm sitting, it's like, I'm like, we're too, like, 
it can't get worse for them, bro. They don't even get the chance to play. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, you kicked us all out the program, so shoot, we might as well talk on it. You know, it's just it's just the truth. Yeah, yeah, facts. Yeah, and and that I think when you take away, you know, there's we've seen a, a shortened New Zealand NBL competition last year, and for some of the boys that, um, and I won't speak on it for them, but for some of the boys who who haven't been who weren't able to to get an ambl contract this year you know there's guys that were looking forward to to playing tall blacks now and and you know they'll get this three months but they might not be able to as you say play again and we may we may this may spell the end of of the careers of some of our all-time greats um and the worst thing is that they can't even go out on their terms like being able, being able to go and and go to the tournament and say hey look you know we're going to go to this qualifying tournament um and Look, maybe, maybe this may be the last time that I that we play for the, that I play for the for the Tall Blacks if uh, if we don't qualify. But having that opportunity pulled um, for financial reasons, I, yeah, I, I was mystified by it when I came out. And now that I've seen some of the numbers, high performance um, money from Sport NZ, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, two years in a row of high performance funding. Um, if high performance funding isn't to go to the the tall blacks and the tall ferns, then what 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 is high performance? What what's the high performance money for? And if we didn't go to any tournaments in twenty twenty, and there was seven hundred fifty thousand each year, then where's that money? I don't. I, I'm to, I'm totally <laughs> I'm totally lost by it. I mean, there's one point five million, and then on on top of that, there could be a massive fine. So if if that fine is, if the, you know, the fine potentially could be around a couple of hundred thousand dollars, what we're seeing is, well, you're going to go and pay that fine to FIBA. Um, why are we are we bailing out? Why is BBNZ bailing out places like ABSL with hundreds of thousands of dollars when they won't put money into the national program? I don't know if you can answer that, Corey, but just talk on it anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know enough at, at the moment, but, you know, we're definitely digging into those things with the Players Association. Um, we've got a great guy called Roger working with us who's part of the Athletes Federation in New Zealand. And, um, you know, he's he's handling all that logistics stuff. So he's going to have, you know, a lot more of the information about financials and where this money's going. And But, you know, we have already asked them for, to show us um, you know, proof of, of the money transactions and stuff like that. And they've lo- they've left a lot of it out um, on purpose so that we don't know. Yeah. So it's definitely going to go further. And then, you know, and the other thing is the money from the TABs, like they get a lot of money from TAB and then, you know, they come back and said, um, oh, you know, while there was COVID, there was no TAB money. But then once the NBA bubble came back up, appar- apparently betting was at an all-time high because everyone was on lockdown and NBA was the only thing going. There's a few other sports overseas. And apparently the numbers and the betting and the TABs was at an all-time high. So, you know, there's there's that there's like a, a missing link there where they're saying they didn't get any money, but yet the betting was going crazy because everyone was just in the house betting. Um, and that's, you know, some information that we also got. But, um, yeah, it's just it's crazy, man, like – there's just so many things, you know, we've heard of other, other stories as well of, you know, some, some abuse going on with coaches and kids. And, um, I know I'm sure there's like a whole list of stuff that, you know, Lindsay could probably speak on too. He's probably seen that being involved with the coaching with the kids and different 
associations and stuff like that. But honestly, to be pushed out of the tall blacks like that from a tournament, um, it's it's pretty sad, man. Like, yeah, I never I never thought it would come to that. You know, not even being able to go and represent New Zealand on, you know, possibly going to the Olympics. I don't, I'm not sure it's ever happened before. And you know, if they're if they're hiding the money like that and not you know, giving us the paperwork like we're asking for, there's obviously something going on. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, the, the when when we hear about things being hidden, um, then I think it I think it rings some alarm bells. Talk on some of that detail, Lindsay. I think the the government the governance in terms of the financial management, um, with money being moved around and hidden and that sort of stuff. If if there's if there's a national program where you've got tall blacks and tall ferns and you know year in year out that um, that you're going to have to be running these programs, then how? Yeah, I'll get you to comment on it. It's it's impossible. These are impossible to answer these questions. But why why the why the hell are BBNZ looking to bail out um, ABSL who burnt through hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, but then we don't have any money to run the national program. Stevie, I'm gonna tell you the truth, bro. Like my mom almost told me to, bro. And if it if it gets me in trouble, it gets me in trouble. But it's the truth, all right. Um, essentially, there's been an independent chair governing ABSL and, and calling shots over it for a long time. Simon White, um, who is also the chair of the Lion Foundation, um, he exhibits uh, from what I've seen and what people proactively talk about behind the scenes. His influence in funding circles is very, um, let's put it, like people almost fear it, you know what I mean? Like having to operate in that space, it's always like, oh, don't don't rattle their cage, you know what I mean? Don't, don't mess with them or you won't be eligible for funding, which is always, I never understood that because it's supposed to be a transparent area. Um, he's good friends with Ian Potter, who just happens to be the top dog at BBNZ and um you know absl is um the governing body or is being acknowledged as the governing body of three associations in auckland and because of that from from what we can see man how else aside from friendship relationships and funding avenue relationships if bbnz is doing doing its due diligence and they can see over the last three years that this organization is 600k down and that's after last year taking another 250k interest-free loan out of basketball auckland's coffers how they can justify giving significant amounts of money to bail this program out and from what i understand um having people look into the financials in 2019 absl um having their financial reports that they received the $25,000 loan from BBNZ. But in the same financial reporting from that year from BBNZ, there's, there's no reference to any loan. Um, but what the information that I was privy to in the circles that I was moving in, um, I really think is, is what's going to be come out in the wash in the next financial year. Because I think that this, this nice little chunk of money was given right before COVID hit the first time. Um, so I think really what the public is asking for is an independent audit of these, you know, these type of, um, entities 
to see what's going up because we're associations all over New Zealand pay their little fees to BBNZ. You know what I mean? To be under their jurisdiction. Um, so, you know, even though it's known, it hasn't been transparent. We deserve transparency when you're ruining the game in Auckland and you can't even send our national teams to Olympic qualifiers when it's in your constitution. That's what, that's what you're supposed to be doing for the game of basketball here in New Zealand. So to get to Corey's point, like, how long are these men allowed to sit in these positions with no ramifications? Because if Webb goes out and stinks it up every night, he's getting sent home. You know what I mean? But when you're missing, you're seriously missing with the game of basketball in New Zealand's, you know, a major metropolis. And now, you know, we're kind of shedding light on purpose. I hope other associations feel a certain way that this has taken place, Stevie. You know what I mean? Because what, you know, I'm sure they have financial woes as well. But BBNZ is in no place to just be, you know, bailing people out like that from where we, from where I sit anyway. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And and that the ABSL thing, you know, as we we have many conversations on it, it seems to go so deep and and people don't know people don't know what the, you know the full story of all the disgusting shit that went on. And yeah, we've there are there's cases like open at the moment um, around kids being abused by coaches, you know, um, you know, grabbed and sworn at and, and whatever. And when when there's things like that not being followed up on and there's no due diligence around making making sure that people are being held accountable for the for these for these issues and then the finances um it says to me that there's that there is more going on that that if you scratch a little bit deeper that you'll see below the surface there's there's more happening um and we've got we've got people there that you know have been there a while and clearly um, aren't bothered by some of this behavior. And then when we go on social media, it gets worse when someone will put out a tweet. I even say myself, I'll tweet about something um, that I've heard on good record from a couple of people, could be to do with the competition or to do with a player. Um, and then I'm getting DMs about this saying, you know, this isn't true. Um, and, and I know these are, these are people, these are people that I trust. Um, and I'll go and speak to, to multiple people. And then, in my eyes, it comes back to gaslighting where you're thinking, hold on, am I going crazy here? Like this has been told to me by three or four people that I trust, yet I go on social media and all these people that are just yes men that are rioting for these guys hard, I just, they are, it is gaslighting and it's it's bullshit. And I can't, I can't get my head around it. Did now I've been in the media too. Say again? Sorry to interrupt you, bro. Sorry to interrupt you, but they're even doing it in the media, you know, like, the article they put out when they decided to pull us from the tournament saying they consulted with the players, you know, that makes it seem like we were okay with it where it wasn't like that at all. You know, they, they pretty much told us they're going to go back to the board and make a decision. Um, and we told them, you know, we're not, we want to play every single tournament and we want to focus on that. We, we shouldn't have to decide even if we should pull out of a tournament, they were like, you know, which if it came down to worst, Worst case scenario, which tournament would you rather go to? Asia Cup or Olympic qualifiers or whatever it is. And we're like, you know, it's not our job to decide these logistics. It's our job to put on that singlet and play every single tournament and every single game. And we're not gonna we're not gonna make any decisions like that. You guys need to go out and go and sort what you need to sort out. 
and come back to us with our flights over to the tournament, you know, and we said, that's the stance that we're taking. We want to play every single tournament. And they said, oh, all they said was, oh, we're going to go have a board meeting about it. And then the next day, an article comes out saying Tall Blacks have been pulled from the tournament. So they've already made that decision before talking to us and then, you know, trying to add in, oh, we consulted with the players, like, like we kind of agreed on it and said, yeah, it's okay. It's just like, it's, you know, that's not how it went. That's not, you guys aren't being transparent, like you said, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Lack of lack of transparent transparency, and the and the thing is, you you see this stuff, and if it's if it's happening over and over, and when people are, and I know you boys have never been scared to to speak out, but you've got younger guys that are coming through, um, that are like, shit, I don't want to risk my career to go and speak out on this stuff. So, but it's important that that the older ones come yeah. out, and, and for you guys doing it, you're setting an example for some of these younger guys saying. Hey, it is all right to speak out, and in other countries, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the states and the NBA, you have you have people whose job it is to, you know, like Woj and Shams, it's your job to go and call this sort of shit out. But in in New Zealand, it's all it's all weighted to one side, um, and it's like, you know, we'll we'll quickly stamp out that rumor or stamp on this person to make sure that the this truth doesn't come out. But well, if people aren't allowed to go and speak freely about when things happen, then if bad stuff goes on. Um, behind the scenes then uh, a young player may not feel like they're able to go and trust the association or or trust that they can go and speak out and, and I think that that we've got to a really dangerous place now where you know everyone can go and talk about this behind closed doors um, but people are scared to speak out and I would understand if you were a 21 or 22 year old you're just starting your career and you're like man no one's talking about this stuff then you know how do I how do, how do I do it myself and that press release is I, I was I was shocked by it. I messaged some of the senior guys, and and it, it wasn't it wasn't what it, it said it was. Um, you guys had been consulted, but it was like they'd already made the. You guys hadn't been consulted, but in the press release, it said that you had. Um, I'm totally yeah. I'm I was yeah. totally shocked by that at the time, and 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 yeah, L- Lindsay. What I th- I think the other thing when I think about the senior tallbacks, we've seen that that Mika has retired now. Obviously, a massive loss to the game, but if it was the last time that we saw some of these senior guys suiting up um, and this was the kind of climate that was around the national program, then we lose a lot of those guys that have that respect and that were able to to do some of this calling out and people that, 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 you know, they guys like Mika and PC and them, they built, they built this program. Guys like yourself, Lindsay built this program. If these people aren't around and, and this is a, some sort of like a, basically a forced retirement, then, what happens to the Tall Blacks program moving forward? Well, you know, it's a, it's a great question, Stevie. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to run around with, with C-Web and these dudes for a long time. And ultimately, you know, if you go at that level, there is, there is a, I mean, being removed from it now, there is a bond that no one will ever replace. You know what I mean? And I guess that's why we're so passionate about it. Um, I know I am, you know, um, I've, I've, probably had a slightly different lens than Webb over the last three, four years. And I'm really passionate about it. You know what I mean? Because I understand just how, and Webb will get that once he, you know, once he gets out of the, the wash of it all, he's still caught right in the middle of it. You know, he's got a game tomorrow. He's got to worry about giving someone work, you know, um, just seeing how special it is. But then at the same time, like acknowledging that there's so many 
pitfalls that we've failed to fix yet. And if we as, yeah, man, if, if we're like the OGs, if we're the ones that, you know, it was passed down to us, you know, and now it's it's kind of, I'm almost 40, Stevie. You know, it's my time to start standing up for these things. And, you know, sometimes I do look back on my career and, and I do regret, like, you feel, I don't know if it's like a punk or something, you know what I mean? But damn, I wish, like, I took a stance on that. But, hey, there's a lot that you get hold of, held over your head when you're an athlete, you know? There's a lot of money involved and, and you've got your family that you're trying to, you're trying to keep a roof over their head ultimately. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, sometimes, you know, it, it is a very selfish occupation in regards to that. But, um, you know, being out on the other side and, and I guess being lucky enough to immerse myself in the grassroots, man, um, going to at least do my best to have whatever influence we have to, to stand for what's right for the, for the next Corey Webster. You know what I mean? Uh, for the next... Shay Ely, um, so that when Ty does have to play without Corey, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to jump through all of these hoops like us. So yeah. I don't understand how <laughs> we're the second biggest sport in the world and all the numbers keep saying that we're the fastest growing. To me, we're growing, you know what I mean? And everywhere I go, there's kids wearing NBA singlets and breaker singlets and shoes and they play 2K and they watch NBA but then, what? We're not sending our national team to Olympic qualifiers, and all the money's gone. <laughs> How does that add up, bro? You know what I mean? Like, come on, it's like where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, and the, as I and digesting some of these these financials that have been that have been dug up, it seems like we've got we've got holes so deep now that. Um, the general public probably just think, oh, you know, it's a, it's we've got little money issues, but the stuff that we've discussed, you know, um, it's serious. Like this isn't this isn't stuff that's just going to be fixed overnight, and we're going to need massive changes uh, at governance level, and then some tough decisions will need to be made. Now, I'd never, I would never call for someone's um, for like individual names for people to be sacked or whatever, but the reality is, in COVID. Um, if there were no tournaments being run or if there were no people being sent overseas or whatever it is, then hard decisions need to be made. Um, and the same is like what, the same as what Corey said. If people aren't performing, then those hard decisions will need to be made. Um, and the, with the, we have the highest participation rates at, at the high school level. Um, things need to be put in place, not just for right now, but for the future in the game. And the the, the funny thing is that People have criticised Stephen Adams for for years for not playing for the Tour Blacks, um, but it's funny he's been on this ship for what you know eight years now, um, and this is the exact reason why. This is the reason why you know one of the guys who plays in a league where only four hundred and fifty players get to play a year. There's reasons why he don't, why he doesn't play, uh, and maybe those reasons aren't out there with the public, and people can can speculate on those. But at the end of the day, I mean, that, that's the exact reason why. And we even saw the other night when, you know, a bunch of guys got to line up with, with Mika to play a Tall Blacks game. Um, and we weren't even able to have a broadcast so that these people's families and loved ones could tune in to watch what was, what was a really proud moment. And regardless of, of what people think of, of, of the game or the spectacle, um, 
I thought I just thought that was a total embarrassment that that we couldn't even that we couldn't get a game scheduled so that we could go and watch um, people pull on the jersey and and also watch Mika in his last game. What do you think on that, Corey? Yeah, for real. Like that's it's pretty sad. Like, yeah, I know I don't have I don't you know I don't have the answers for everything, but you know I agree with everything you're saying. There's no way that some of these things should be happening. And I got like, yeah. when I think back to COVID, like when when it all first began, I remember I I put out a tweet about BBNZ. I can't remember exactly what it was about. It might have been something to do with the NBL or Tall Blacks or something. And uh, you know, I got word from people inside my basketball circle. So inside, you know, the tall black circle that they didn't want me to play for the tall blacks anymore because I was standing up for something that I thought wasn't right. And I put it on my social media. Um, so that was, that was pretty crazy to me. If you know, for, you know, I've put just like Lindsay put many, many years of blood, sweat and tears into, into the tall blacks Jersey and sacrificed time with family and, given our all to that jersey and then, you know, just to, to tweet something that I that I just didn't agree with. And then I hear the next thing I hear is uh, you know, they don't want Corey to play for the Tall Blacks anymore. And this is coming from and I'm not gonna say any names, but this is coming from people who know, you know, they're not gonna just spit something out like that. It was it's so I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy to me. So there's so many little things going on there that just it's just it's not right. It's like, yeah, man, it was that was yeah. that was pretty shocking. But yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that that we see now we see in an age where, um, I you know I consider New Zealand as a pretty progressive country in a number of ways, and I think I think in the sporting world we saw um, the NBA take stances around how people were treated, you know, how the WNBA, how the, the women's NBA players were treated um, and taking stances around social justice issues and, and actually like not, not just saying we believe in, in this or we believe in that. They're actually going out there and, and saying, okay, well, fuck it. We're going to go and boycott a game. You know, we're not going to play unless you do this shit. And I think New Zealand you know, I thought growing up that New Zealand was a bit of a progressive country in this ways, but I, now I'm I'm starting to see this stuff, and maybe the maybe we're not. Maybe people talk about this stuff, but may, maybe we're not about that. Um, and now seeing the discussions that we've had, Corey, and and you're putting, you know, we've we've got a players association now. And we're actually going to go and put this stuff, not just put it on blast, but actually go and do the due diligence and go and look through it. We we are at last standing up and saying nah. This is actually actually isn't all right. And if other sports around the world can can do this and can go and stand up for for people being treated well and people having rights and having a players association, then basketball will at last start to have some equity around that stuff, around people being treated the right way, around people being paid right. Um, and uh, I actually remember the tweet you put out, Corey, last year. Uh, you said that. You didn't think that radio DJs and ice cream makers should be able to enter the NBL draft. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know about you. Boys. Was, there was another one. <laughs> there was there was and there was another one. And one was it might, it might have been maybe on a Facebook post saying something about BBNZ um 
not really, I don't know, it might have been about not really caring about, you know, any of any other players or anything, just making sure that they get paid in the office or something like that. And then, uh, you know, next thing yeah. I know is yeah. I'll kick Corey out of the Tall Blacks. And I'm like, what? what? Like, I'm allowed to speak my mind. Oh, like, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I, 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 I remember the first, but not the second, but yeah, I'm not sure about you guys, but I thought that um, random radio DJs probably shouldn't be able to enter the NBL draft. Like, and, and, and this is the thing that, like, we, the, the, the NBL was the obviously piss. a separate competition, but you're t- taking the piss, you're taking the piss. And the, the thing is that people, re- regardless of, of what, the, what the opinions are around that, there's people like Jordan Mills who have put their whole, like the Mills family have put their whole lives into having prestige and credit around that competition. Um, so yeah, like should be able to speak on it. I've put, I've put my, not just myself in terms of playing, but there, there are people out there who've gone and put their, um, their well-being and that's their, their fight, their, you know, their financial um, everything. Like they've put their whole lives into a competition like that. And so, there is there is a right if you played in that competition to speak on it, um, yeah. I mean, it's some of that stuff is absolutely dumbfounding, and and clearly, when you're asking people to to take down tweets or take down social media posts that you don't agree with, then you know that that people are um, people have problems with free speech, um, but as well that there's some sort of a, a narrative being pushed around. Hey, look. Um, let's get more sponsor money and we can't have people speaking poorly because maybe we won't get sponsors. Uh, and even hearing recently around, you know, comments around, hey, in Auckland, we just need to get along. The, the problem isn't getting along. The problem is people doing the right thing. Rather than trying to climb the ladder, people should just try and do the right thing. Um, yeah, I I really appreciate you, you boys jumping on and chopping it up with me. Um, Lindsay, do you have any other parting words of of wisdom? Um, no, man. I mean, I appreciate the opportunity, Stevie. Um, you know, I guess just signing off. I kind of, I kind of kicked the door in with this heavy last year from an Auckland perspective, um, and I proactively stepped away with it in an effort to, you know, move in the light. And we've got a lot going on with Auckland City basketball in the grassroots space, but you know, um, what kind of what kind of brother would I be to be privy to the information I I am about you know BBNZ and ABSLs and the workings, the relationships, the conflict with funders, um, the outdated constitutions, the fact that you know BBNZ admits that they in essence, they can't actually tell associations to do anything. They can only exert influence. Um, I have to do the right thing and speak for the likes of Corey and Tom and Rob now, but even bigger picture, man, for for the next brothers coming through. You know what I mean? Um, and probably that's the biggest thing I take away from the Tall Blacks. You know what I mean? Is that it is a brotherhood. I know there's been, you know, a lot of times where I want to speak to somebody like Corey for a long time, but if something serious went down, these are the first dudes that reach out to you. So 
you know, um, appreciate the, the platform. I really appreciate Corey having the kahunas, even though um, he, he'd be out there, boy. He says what's ever on his mind. I respect that. You know what I mean? I really do. Um, so thank you, Corey, for still being relevant in the game and having the wherewithal to fucking stand up for what you believe in, bro. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, once again, man, I'm, I'm proud of you. We're proud of you. And just down here at the coalface, with these babies, bro, we're going to be pushing in the right direction and we're ready to plug in when you wrap it up too, bro. There's a lot of babies out here that need our help, you know? <laughs> For sure, bro. And that's, uh, I think, I think now's, you know, it's, it should have been done a long time ago, but it's the perfect time to, I guess, get the ball rolling. You know, we've kind of, I appreciate you, Stevie, for creating this space where we can kind of talk about it and get it rolling. Now we've got the Players Association going, and I think it's just the beginning now. There's going to be a lot more stuff that's going to come out. Um, but I think it's going to all going to be for a better cause for, for the future of basketball. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on, and I think a lot more people need to actually hear what's really happening so they can form a, I guess, a, you know, have an informed um, opinion about what's going on instead of just going off the word of basketball New Zealand or the media or whatever. I think, uh, you know, we've got the ball rolling on that now and it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn out good. So appreciate you having me on, bro, and letting us speak in this space on that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate both you guys. Like, um, I'm sure this won't be, um, this might be the first time, but it definitely won't be the last. Um, and yeah, like, as I said before, um, I appreciate everyone that's, that, that has jumped in and, and has spoken up about, about this sort of stuff over the last little while. And, and it's sort of, it's been, it's been fits and starts over the last year and a half. But I think over the last week, we've, you know, mentioned some names of some other tall blacks. We've started to see some people who are like, actually, nah, this is, I've actually had enough of this shit. And, and, you know, there's people here that, that carry some real weight in the game, people that play overseas, um, you know, real ballers like yourself, Corey, who played on the world stage and, you know, gone toe-to-toe with the best. And the, you guys are the ones, because you've been there and done that, that you have the right to speak at the, on the, at this level. And the more people that come out and put that weight to conversations, um, sooner rather than later, um, you bash the wall down uh, and we get through and, and start to make some real progress. So, yeah, I appreciate appreciate you jumping on Corey and, and I know you're doing it tough there so um, keep at it um, and obviously Lindsay yeah appreciate everything that you do in the game uh, in Auckland uh, tough it out to to lockdown until the end of the week and um, you boys stay safe and, and you hopefully get you on again soon yeah keep your head up over there Web. we love to all we'll the boys tomorrow bro heat that microwave up bro <laughs> you already know brother appreciate you yeah. All right. Good luck, Stevie. Thanks, boys. See ya. Yo. Yo.